Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two wonderful kids and wife of one. I am here to share everything, speech, language, play, development, homeschooling, and all that other stuff that falls in between, y'all. Oh my gosh, y'all. This is our last episode of the year. I'm crying on the inside and a little bit on the outside because I've been having so much fun hanging out with you guys, talking with you guys, getting your questions and um, just being a part of this wonderful community and just sharing a little bit about my world to make your world a better place. Also, be on the lookout because next year, webinars are coming. They are a coming, y'all. And I can't wait to host these events, things that'll continue to tool you guys up, make us all think a little bit different, push our sugars to perfection, push them to their best perfect self. When I say perfection, I, I seriously mean like the best them that they can be, but not like perfect, perfect all tied up in a little tidy bow. Cause we know y'all that that ain't, that's not real and that's not happening. Also, some books are gonna be coming out in 2021 and I'm just gonna continue to connect to the broader community, getting our message out there, helping us all become better together, teaching us how to connect, grow and learn. And so I cannot wait. I cannot, cannot wait. I love adventures and I love new things. And most importantly, I just love this space. It's one of my favorite spaces. I'm telling you guys, I always look forward to this time with you guys. So continue to like, share with a friend, subscribe, send in questions, send in your comments, send in your hmms or your elaborate on that, Sharina because that's what I'm here to do for you guys. And if I don't have the answer, guess what? I'm gonna find somebody who does and we're all gonna get tooled up, y'all. Cause hey, look, there's no such thing as a silly question, rather an unanswered question. And so we wanna make sure that we're getting these questions answered and that you guys are feeling confident about this information that I'm giving you. So with all of that being said, let's all cry a little bit for a few seconds. <laughs> because again, this is the last episode of the year. But at the same time, we are going to have fun. We're going to finish off the what is it series? What is that? What are speech sound disorders? What is voice disorders? What is what is this stuff? What's autism? What's ADHD? What is this stuff? Help me. What's executive functioning? What is all this stuff? What's cognitive impairments? I have been here talking about this good stuff and just getting us all on the same page. One, so we can recognize signs and symptoms. Two, so we can be proactive if we have a sugar who has this diagnosis. And three, just because it's good for us to know so we can recognize if it's happening with another world changer because we don't want to waste time if these things are taking place. And honestly, a lot of this stuff that I'm teaching you guys, you can take home and apply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even without the diagnosis, I find some of this stuff, I apply even in my own house. Um, and in some of the things I definitely apply in my own house, especially when it comes to like visual schedules and organizing and all that stuff. I use that stuff like a mad woman. I love that stuff. It, it keeps me mentally organized, which keeps everybody on track. So with that being said, and my my first and probably not final rant of the day, because remember, I'm still crying because it's our last episode of the year. Oh my gosh. We're talking executive functioning. No, I'm not talking about some executive sitting behind a 
desk in a big room with books everywhere and some fancy office window. No, 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 no. I know it sounds so fancy. Executive functioning, the brain's manager. Did you know your brain had a manager? That your brain keeps things organized and in check. And if you have one, then guess what? All the other humans around you have one. That means sugar has one. And we can start manipulating it and cultivating it and helping it become its best self, right? (laughs) Because it's so important. We take for granted how much our brain does. It's such a small part of the body, but it controls everything without your brain working. Nothing else would work because guess what? It's a taskmaster. It sends messages throughout the entire body, tells the body what to do, and the body either complies or it doesn't. And when it doesn't, we come in and we help it out. Executive functioning itself, it's housed in the front of the brain. So you guys can all touch the front of your head. (laughs) It's right in that frontal lobe little area and it executes. It tells you what you need to do and manages making sure that it gets done. Mm -hmm. So even your body has a manager, (laughs) whether you like it or not. (laughs) And, And it just gets us from point A to point B. Like that's the most important thing that you need to know about it. It's a manager that gets us from point A to point B. And when point A ain't working, then you can't get to point B. And when point B ain't working, then you surely can't get to point C. And so we just want to make sure that we understand what it is and getting things intact. So listen up, you guys. Signs. Signs of executive functioning. Having trouble starting and completing tasks. Ooh-wee. This is different than procrastinating. My procrastinating brothers and sisters out there, this is totally different than that. This may show up when sugar is, I don't know, 24 months. And you're sitting on the floor playing with them. And let's say you have a ball toy out and they put the ball in and you put the ball in and the ball goes down and the ball goes down. But there's five balls. And by ball three, they can't seem to get through that. They can't seem to finish that up or a shape sorter. Let's say that there's six shapes and by shape number two, they're ready to be done and they're out of there. As they get older, you might see difficulties getting through homework. Uh-huh. You might see difficulties cleaning up, finishing cleaning up, getting from point A to point B. So how do we help that? With little sugar, well, it's obvious. When you're playing, what you start, you finish. You don't have to prolong it. You just need to start it and finish it. You can even speed things up to help start building up that skill. As sugars get older, you talk to them about what's going to happen. We're going to start here and we're going to finish here. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we tell them what they're going to do after that so they can start mentally organizing and looking forward to what's coming next. Another sign, having difficulties prioritizing tasks. Oh, this is a doozy. This is a doozy. This usually shows up when sugar is school age. Middle school, it really shows up. There's usually some little subtle signs. But this is when you start getting, I want to play video games or watch YouTube videos 
or do X, I want to do this art project for five hours and spend 10 minutes on my homework. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It happens. It happens. And usually by the time it's reinforced like that, it takes a little bit more effort to kind of reel them back in and to get things organized in a way to where they're able to prioritize appropriately. I'll give you some tips on what to do about that a little bit later. Next, they forget what they heard or read. And I'm not talking about yesterday's information. I'm talking about that right now information. Rereading the same things five times. You as the world changer saying the same thing over and over and over and over again, or difficulties answering questions asked. Maybe you ask them, do you want a sandwich for lunch? And they start talking about something completely unrelated. Difficulties following through with the task that they just heard. This kind of ties in with the other one that I talked about, starting and stopping tasks, prioritizing tasks, but it all kind of snowballs and sandwiches together because they're having a hard time holding on to that information, processing it, and then giving you the appropriate answer to it. Or they're having a hard time holding on to that information that's being read, processing it, and thinking about what it means or answering things related to it. Another thing that we would see, having trouble following directions or a sequence of steps. Oh my gosh, this can show up in toddler years. Yes, it can. Remember world changers, I'm here to tool you up. And so I want you guys to recognize this stuff early. And so we can put on our investigation hat and kind of pay attention. If I give sugar a two-step direction, Are they going to complete that task in the order that I asked them to do it? How many times am I going to ask them to do it? Am I starting to yell at them to get it done? Am I frustrated most of the time? Or have I gotten to the point to where I'm so tired of asking and it not happening that I don't even ask anymore? Like I'm over it. I'm done. I don't want to ask them anymore because they're not going to listen. They're not going to do it. And I don't know why. And I don't know if they're they're not a bad kid. They're not a mean kid. They're just, ah, I don't know why. Oh my gosh, maybe they're on another planet. Sometimes that's the feedback that I'll get. Like, it just don't seem like they're paying attention. Like they're looking right at me. But I just, I don't feel like sugar is quite doing what they're supposed to be doing when I ask them to do it. And it's not just whatever, just, or it gets done out of order. Completely out of order. Like maybe you see little sugar trying to put the toy back together, but they're trying to put the big part on before they deal with the little parts and nothing's working or the structure's not there, or it's just, it just doesn't quite add up or make sense because it's not calculated that first this has to happen. Next, this has to happen. And finally, that has to happen. And how that shows up when they get to school, same thing, following directions, following a sequence of steps. And so you can see it kind of carrying over, even if there's written directions, right? Because if you're reading something and you have to reread something because you're not holding on to that information, but now you have to read something and there's a direction involved and you haven't even held on or comprehended what you're supposed to be doing. Oh my gosh. It's going to be quite the situation. And it might present as sugar is not a good learner. Mm. But it's not true. 
Sugar probably is a good learner. Sugar's probably having a hard time holding on to that information and carrying out what needs to be carried out. And they need some tools to help them figure out how to navigate and supplement for this area that they need built up. Another thing that happens, panicking when rules or routine changes. Mm. Mm -mm. Yep. And it happens. You can see the wheels turning. You can find you, you might find yourself trying to do the same thing to not kind of rile them up because it goes back to holding on to that information, right? Remember the brain is the manager and the brain is managing that information. But if the brain is not quite managing that information or it hasn't had enough exercise to learn how to manage that information, when rules change, It's hard because remember, our brain has all of these areas of memory. And that'll be something we cover next year. Memory, the types of memory, because we don't realize how powerful memory is in our lives and how much we rely on not just like the old stuff, but the new stuff and how that builds and how we take old stuff and we bring it together. It's like a puzzle, right? And so if sugar expects that a specific rule is the same, especially in in preschool or in daycare, or if they go to other people's homes and the rules are different and the routines are different, it's really hard to adapt to that new information because it's taken so long to master what they have. And again, this has nothing to do with intellect. It has to do with how the brain is managing this information and carrying things out. Next, having trouble switching from one task to another task, taking that brain and being able to divide attention and move and like finalize something and go to the next. And this can happen during play. This definitely shows up when sugar is young. You might see During play, they may not want to go to the dinner table or they may not want to go and take a bath or they may not want to go outside or it just seems like getting them from one thing to another is really hard. It's it's hard. In class, it's even worse getting them to wrap things up. One more minute, one more minute. I'm almost there. You might hear the teacher saying over and over and over again, hey, it's time to wrap things up. I said, it's time to wrap things up. It's time to wrap things up. I said, it's time to wrap things up. We're moving on. But there's a little bit of reluctance and hesitation there because remember, they get fixated. And it's hard to take that one thing and manage that time appropriately. So again, think about the snowball and as it gets bigger and bigger, as it goes down the hill, because it gets harder and harder to add on one thing to the next one thing to the next, to get from one thing to another. You may see them get overly emotional or fixated on things. Again, holding on to what's familiar and the flexibility becomes limited because it's difficult, you know, functioning in a way to where you have to go from thing to thing, especially when things are unpredictable. And for sugars who have difficulties with executive functioning, This is where you see them really have a hard time. And again, it's not because they're bad kids or they're mean kids or because they're not compliant kids. It's because honestly, they're trying to get through life. 
They're trying to get from point A to point B. And what it takes for them to get to these places, we take for granted because it doesn't take us all of that, but it takes all of that for them. So going from these transitions or having to do something outside of what they've already mastered, it can be hard. And that doesn't mean that new learning is hard. They just kind of like to gravitate towards the things that they've already mastered and maybe a little bit reluctant to try the new. Another thing that you'll see is having difficulty keeping track of their belongings. Remember, memory is not a strength. Organization is not a strength. And so you might find that these sugars lose everything and you kind of see them just drop everything. And again, this can be seen when they're young. Maybe they have the sippy cup in their hand and they drop it in its place and it's in the middle of the living room floor. It ends up behind the couch or the shoe ends up in some place that it does not belong. And so they just they lose stuff. And, you know, the holding on to the information is it's a weakness right? It's not their strength. And so that's why they lose so many things. And so as you see them get older, they probably are losing their homework, losing their phones, losing those earbuds, losing the iPad, losing the shoes, losing everything, because wherever they put stuff down, they never pick it back up and they don't hold on to it. And and it just becomes like, I'm on to the next thing. <laughs> because remember, routine is a big thing. And so they're going to go on to the next thing without completing the task that was in front of them. So it might be put the dish in the sink. It might be put the homework back in the backpack, but the homework ends up on the dining room table. And then they forget that it's there and they end up going off to school or going off to Zoom school and they're in front of the computer with no homework around and don't even remember where they had it in the first place. Because remember, managing that information is hard. Another thing that we'll see, telling stories. Remember, point A to point B. Are you guys starting to see the pattern now getting from point A to point B? Telling stories is point A to point B. Think about it. Three little bears. Mama bear, papa bear, and baby bear went out into the forest. Goldilocks came in, ate the porridge, sat in the chairs, didn't like none of them, uh, broke some stuff along the way, went upstairs, fell asleep. Bears came back. Goldilocks got scared, ran away. The bears were sad because their stuff was messed up. The end. Now, for a sugar who has difficulties with executive functioning, the story might have only a few details. The bears left. Goldilocks came in. And then when they came back, she she left. That's the end of the story. And so or you might see stuff that's mixed up. Oh, the girl was sleeping in the bed and then the bears live there. And she said the porridge was hot and cold. And so you'll see like little details mixed up and mixed in because, again, point A, what happened first? What happened next? What should happen at the end? What was the conclusion? It's hard getting those thoughts organized in a way to where they can fluently and cohesively tell that story and give that information. Next, poorly reacting when peers and adults don't respond as expected. Mm. Remember, executive functioning, it requires you not just managing point A to point B, it also requires managing those emotions. And so when 
mom or dad don't respond the way that I expected them to, or when my peer didn't respond the way that I expected them to, it might be not the best response. With the little ones, you might see some tantruming. With the older ones, you might see a little bit of argument or a rile. With the adults, you probably see a little bit of arguing or the adult getting stuck in their thought and idea and having a hard time adapting and becoming mentally flexible to accept a different perspective, to accept that it's not an attack, but it really is perspective, another person's perspective and another person's feelings. And it's okay for other people to have certain feelings and that everything is not going to quite go the way that you expect it to go. Not all the time. Sugar can't always have their way. And what we do as world changers, we start off with them really young because they're so little and cute and we kind of just give in, give in, give in. And then as they get older and it becomes more and more difficult, we find different strategies and ways to either deflect or defend ourselves. And that ends up being shouting matches or we end up just ignoring altogether and not dealing with anything because we don't want to deal with that reaction from them. But world changers, I'm telling you, we deal with it when they're young. We don't wait. We deal with it, especially when they're young, because the more practice they get at how to cope with and become more mentally flexible, the easier it becomes when they're an adult and they can accept things a lot better. And finally, having trouble managing their time, going back from point A to point B. I can't spend five hours watching movies. Ooh, I wish I could spend five hours watching movies. If I could just have five hours doing anything, man, that's that's powerful. <laughs> but you can't, you know, I can't spend five hours watching a movie just like they can't spend five hours uh, playing video games or spending five hours on the phone or spending five hours doing X and then 10 minutes on homework or or underestimating how long a task will take. So maybe teacher assigns a project two weeks in advance. Sugar doesn't start until the night before. So there's a little bit of procrastination in there, but there's also the underestimating how long it'll take and how to chunk that information, right? Because remember, it goes back to there's difficulties following sequences of steps. And so sugar may not have the skill set to be able to independently be like, it's going to take me this long to do this, it's going to take me this long to do that, and it's going to take this long to do this. And so remember, this is where we come in, world changers, because we can recognize these things and we can start helping them through and creating strategies so they can manage things better. Because remember, our brain is a manager. And if the manager isn't quite functioning to make sure that tasks are completed, then it's going to be hard to function daily. Or there's always going to be a hiccup or they're always going to feel behind. And that creates anxiety and panic. And then that creates a whole nother set of issues that no world changer wants to deal with. And so this is why we recognize these things early on. And so I know you guys might be wondering by now, like, well, what's the diagnosis that comes along with this? Because in a lot of these what is series, there's a diagnosis attached. Well, listen up, y'all. Sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Now, I'm sure 
that each and every one of you guys at this point have found one area on that where you're like, ooh, that might sound a little bit like me. Remember, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And remember, I also said this stuff I apply in my own home. Why? Because I know that it's super helpful and it works and that we all could use a little bit of support staying mentally organized and managing the way that we approach tasks that are presented, not overwhelming ourselves or underwhelming ourselves. But to answer your question, there is a diagnosis attached to it and it is usually ADHD, but it can present without it. That's most important. It can present without it. And no, we don't officially diagnose it. What we do is we we conduct a battery of tests and assessments, and then we look at strengths and weaknesses, and we determine from there what areas need a little bit of support, and then we create an action plan around those areas. So we do look at it, and I look at it a lot, especially when uh, sugars are young, because then I can provide that perspective for my world changers on what they can be doing right now to start strengthening that area. Because remember, when they're little and cute, we can do and undo and build up and put in the things that they need in order to be their best selves. And so executive functioning itself, it breaks down into three different areas. Working memory. Remember, I talked about working memory a little bit. I'm not going to go deep into it because guess what, y'all? Next year, we're going to be talking about memory. And it's so important for us to understand how our brains work. We understand so many other things, y'all. We understand how cars work. We understand how houses are put together. They even have whole shows on what it takes to put houses together and what it takes to, to transform houses and what it takes to transform our look for that matter, right? They, there's shows devoted to that, but we don't even understand half the time how our brain and our body works and the importance of understanding how we put these things together and how it affects our lives. And so it's so important for us to understand like the working memory and that executive functioning can impact working memory. Working memory just allows the brain to hold on to new information and it helps us transfer that new information into long-term information. And that just means simply put, taking short-term memory information and transferring what needs to be transferred into the long term. Because remember, stepping stones, building blocks, right? As we get those stepping stones and building blocks, then we're able to build off the old information and transfer it into the new. And so that's how the working memory works. So it's so important that we're able to like filter out the stuff that we need and get rid of the stuff that we don't need and then store the stuff that we do need. The second area that it can impact, cognitive flexibility. You've heard me talk about this before, just being flexible. I use that word a lot about being flexible. Do not get overwhelmed by when I say cognitive flexibility. That just means the ability for the brain to be flexible, to take one thing and see it in a different way. That can mean changing rules, changing routine, changing schedule, changing play, transitions. That's cognitive flexibility. Those things that you guys see every single day getting from point A to point B without falling apart and being okay with it and not being resistant and not creating a big row over things not going quite the way that you expect them to go. The final area, inhibitory control. You guys have heard the word your inhibitions, right? Let your inhibitions go. That's usually the way that we hear it in the States, right? But Inhibition also means 
when to exercise self-control. In the States, it is a, (laughs) it's interesting culturally how we have a lot of different cultures and we're a melting pot of different backgrounds and things, but the American culture itself, YOLO, you only live once, do you, all of those things kind of go with that idea of letting your inhibitions go and doing whatever. And it's a double-edged sword. The reason why is because, yes, we only live once and we should definitely enjoy the things in life and not limit ourselves to certain experiences. I totally agree with that. Like we should all make ourselves a little bit more rich through life experience. I'm big on life experience, doing, not um, being entertained, but like really just doing and becoming one with the earth. Um, But I also understand that we have to know how to have balance, right? And if it's always YOLO, and if it's always do what makes you feel good, then how do we control ourselves? And if we have a sugar who has difficulties managing their own personal inhibitions, then how are we helping them buckle down and have self-control when it's not appropriate? How does that play out? Not hitting when they're upset. You gave them the answer they didn't want to hear. They raised their hand at you. That's a whole nother story for another day. Not allowing sugar to spend five hours on a video game or a TV versus their homework or studying or not completing tasks that are super important, right? Or them having that little filter of saying to themselves, I cannot spend this amount of time on this. I can't do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And so we have to be super mindful of, yes, again, life experience, an amazing thing, but self-control, also an amazing thing. Because what we put ourselves at risk of is allowing sugar to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and not learning how to like find that balance of when it's time to work, it's time to work. When it's time to play, it's time to play. And yes, you can have fun while you're working, but at the same time, it's that mindset of buckling down and being able to focus on a task and complete it. Remember, our sugars with executive functioning difficulties, they have difficulties managing how to get through tasks. And so we have to be able to build that up in them. So be mindful when you're you're kind of promoting like YOLO and living once and doing what I want and living my best life. Like, yes, live a great life, do your thing, but also like a little bit of structure in there does not hurt y'all, okay? See, my second rant of the day. I think that's my second or is that my third? Who's keeping count? I don't know. Anyway, so how this can show up, how this truly can show up. I've been talking about it all along from toddler years into adulthood. It shows up like it really shows up in school, but it can show up early for you world changers with bigger sugars. This is how it really starts to look when it really starts to just like, ooh, ooh, this is a fight. Messy room. You organized it. And it's still messy. Nothing ever goes back, ever. But everything else, everywhere else in the house has a place. But for whatever reason, in that space, they cannot quite keep it together, even with the support. Messy backpacks, messy workstations. Right now, messy workstation, right? At least in the States, messy workstation. Ooh-wee, papers everywhere. 
you have all these folders and nothing's in the folder. Nothing, nothing's in the folder. Nothing. English homework's in the math book. Math book is with Spanish homework. Spanish homework is with the, I just, it's all over the place. You know, homework, spelling words under the table, in the kitchen. Why are they there? I don't know, but they're there. It's random. Toys in the backpack. Why are the toys in the backpack? What are you doing, right? Disorganized spaces. That goes into the messy backpack thing. Just stuff, every chaos, just chaos. That's how I like to put it. And it, as you can see, this is a trigger for me. It drives me nuts, nuts. Let me share with you guys. Okay, next rant of the day. I don't know if this is three or four. My rant, oh my gosh. I go through these processes, y'all, with the kids and I put everything away in its place and, and nobody wants to do it but me. And it drives me nuts, especially in the homeschooling area. And I just cry on the inside a little bit every time. And I, I peacefully put it back because I just think that one day it's going to catch on. My mom did the same thing to me. <laughs> you really want to know how was the same way. So I feel like I'm getting a little bit of payback because I used to have stuff everywhere. And one day I got tired of myself and tired of my mom cleaning up after me. And so I decided I'd get it together. And I got tired of her talking about me. <laughs> Started feeling bad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, goodness. Uh, difficulty balancing work and life. Like balancing school, balancing extracurriculars, especially once, you know, our sugars get into like high school. Well, okay, okay. Nowadays, our sugars have schedules just as packed as we do. And now they're all online. You can do everything online, right? They go to school. Then after school, they have their Zoom classes they're, they're all of these extracurriculars and, and then they got their social life. And sometimes we'll see with our sugars, they might get a little bit overwhelmed by balancing all of that stuff. It just sometimes seems like it's too much. And so be careful, like, man, this is why it's so important to know your sugar and talk to your sugar. So you can recognize like if they're having difficulties balancing that work life, like it can get really hard for them figuring out how to manage that, especially if they don't know how to manage that and they need additional support from us, from the parents to help them manage that. And the final thing is um, placing, again, more emphasis on tasks that really don't make sense. Like, why did you spend two hours on that? Like, that probably wasn't the best use of your time. And I'll let you fill in your that with that because by now you're like picking up on like, do I identify with this? Does my sugar identify with this? Does somebody I know identify with this? Because honestly, this is one of these things that are totally overlooked. And for so long, speech therapy and what we do in general has just kind of been hidden in the shadows. They think we only show up when things are wrong. And that's not true. Like we really help manage life. We're communication experts. So of course, we're going to help manage other areas of life to either maximize us becoming better or to change things to make things better. That's the, the key word, better. <laughs> so we can be proactive with our sugars when they're young. We can start showing them and modeling. When we start something, we end it. When we start with a toy, we end with the toy. We finish that toy, we put it away, we get the next one. We give verbal reminders, okay, are you all done? If you're all done, let's clean up. Bam, that's how we start. As they get a little bit older, okay, we're gonna go to school and then after we come from school, we're gonna have a snack. And then after we have a snack, we're gonna do this. Remember, organize, organize, managing time, managing space. This is what we're doing during this time 
And this is how we're going to get there. It's like providing a mental map. Mm-hmm. Enforcing a clean, organized space that's easy to maneuver. So I just gave y'all my rant about what I go through, right? And this is one of those things you're not going to just do it once and be like, all right, I cleaned it up. That was great. They're going to keep it up. No, they're not. You're going to have to keep modeling it over and over and over again. And if you have a spouse who comes from a house that is not, you know, quite there with organizing and keeping things in their in their proper space, then that can even be a whole nother task of getting on the same page with that world changer and creating a united front. It's so important for you guys to be on the same page there, because let me tell you, that'll be a fight if only one person is keeping everything organized and all the other people in the house are doing their own thing doesn't work. And so just make sure world changer before you decide like, Hey, I'm going to get the space in order. You better have that conversation. Like don't be writing me about no arguments that you had because you cleaned up and then it was a disaster because nobody did it. So remember world changers, a united front, keeping a united front with your parenting partner. So crucial to that. Visual schedules. I've talked about visual schedules. I've shown you guys on my social media visual schedules that I create in my homeschool space. I use it in clinic. Visual schedules are a friend. As a matter of fact, there's such a friend that there's going to be a webinar around visual schedules and not just like for our older sugars, but for world changers out there who are like, hey, I need to get stuff organized for my little one. Show me how to do that, whether it has to do with their daily routine of what they should expect or they're at home with you or whatever it is like visual schedules are crucial. I recommend them for everybody. It really does help. And it keeps everybody on the same page and you don't have to keep talking. It gives a nonverbal reminder. Organizers, organizers are a friend. Use them. Calendars, writing things down. Those are great, especially for little ones. Visual schedules are organizers in a sense and it gets sugar started. So like they're writing down their homework. They're checking off when things are done. Maybe they get a sticker or a star for completing the task. So important by providing incentives throughout this process that, hey, I recognize that you're taking these extra steps to try to keep organized and I'm trying to help you manage yourself. So let me incentivize it a little bit to keep us all a little bit motivated. Separating folders and files and binders. For our school-agers, especially once they get into upper elementary, and this can even happen for the younger ones, Helping them keep organized, helping make sure that books are with books, that subjects are with the specific subjects, that the math is with the math, that the pencils are with the pencils, just helping them stay mentally organized in a way to where every time they expect to find something, it's in that place. And then when they come to you and they're like, where is X? You're like, isn't it in the pencil box? Is it in the math math folder, right? So you're shifting that accountability off of yourself and onto them because guess what? You're teaching them how to manage themselves. It's not your job, world changer, to have a 30-year-old that you're still managing and finding their socks. That's not your job. Your job is to tool them up right now in a way to where they can figure it out. They have to think about what did I do with X? I'm telling you guys, I don't even help my kids find anything anymore. I don't care where they hit it, where they put it. Why? Because I created a system and either they're going to use it or not and be sad that they can't find half of their stuff. So it really does work. And they're usually motivated by the things that they really like. That's the funny part. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, labeling everything. Uh, labeling everything, I think just language in general, the symbol system, I, I just love the idea of putting words to things. For your little sugars, guess what it does for them? It helps them start recognizing the alphabet, how words to go together. It's a symbol, right? And so if they see that symbol over and over and over again, then they start to recognize it, right? And so you're teaching early reading without even necessarily teaching early reading, at least recognizing, right? Especially if you're pointing at it and saying, okay, put your shoes here. Let's put your shoes there. Um, it, if, you're not, if you're not into using like labels with words, picture labels are great. I am a avid fan of picture schedules that are natural to the environment. And what I mean by that is if it's sugar shoes and they go in that place, I'd take a picture of their actual shoes. If it's sugar at the dinner table, I'd take a picture of them at the dinner table. Whatever it is, providing a label. Labels don't always have to come in words. They can come in pictures. They can come in symbols. Providing a combination of visual, verbal, and tangible reminders. Sometimes it's not enough to just have the visual. Sometimes the verbal reminder helps. For our little cute toddlers that still smell like cookies, sometimes they need the hand over hand support to remind them. And we have to be just a little bit more stubborn about the situation and a little bit more relentless to just continue to reinforce, 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 reinforce. Because this is, again, one of those areas that has to be reinforced because it doesn't come naturally. And so they need those reinforcers. They need those reminders. They need you to do it again and again and again and again and again until it sticks, until it transfers from that short term memory to the long term memory and it becomes a part of their everyday life. And the final thing that we can do for our sugars is we model the behavior at home. If you're not going to follow a map, why give one to sugar? If it makes no sense to you, it's going to make no sense to them. Remember, you're still the biggest model, especially now with everybody being at home. You are that biggest model. So what you're doing is what they're going to do. So if it doesn't work for you, don't go through a process that is going to be completely and effective. Make sure whatever it is that you come up with is something that you can follow through with. And so maybe you don't do everything. Maybe you find that one area and start with that one area and strengthen that area first and then go to the next and then go to the next. But that's only after you're comfortable and you guys have all felt like you've mastered one thing. Maybe it's attacking the school organization. Maybe it's attacking the toy organization. Maybe it's attacking the bedroom organization. Whatever it is, just make sure that it's a thing that you are passionate about and you want to see from start to finish and that you can model from start to finish. So you guys, executive functioning, again, this is something that can impact us all. Like I even have areas that I know that I am just not that great at and I had to compensate to become a little bit better. And so the difference between most of us procrastinating adults versus like our sugars who really have difficulties executing tasks is that they don't have the control that we have over it. Like they really need those reminders and they need the models and they need the reinforcers from us to really help them uh, master this area. And so we have to be mindful about that, that this is not it's not the same as us just procrastinating or us just not doing it or us just needing being burnt out and not attacking anything. This is really difficulties with getting from point A to point B. 
And so this is really crucial, not just for our success as world changers, but also for their success, right? Because if our sugar is talented in an area, right? And they're gifted in an area, but they don't necessarily have the tools to manage, then that can impact the area that they're gifted in. And so we want to make sure that they're not just great at one thing, but they also have the foundation and the skill set to be able to manage and properly just love on and nurture and continue to cultivate that area in their lives. So we want to make sure that we're continuing to strengthen their skills. And so again, I will be offering webinars in 2021 that are that's going to deal with aspects of executive functioning because it's an area that honestly we all have a little bit of difficulties with and that we can all use some tips and some tools to help us get a little bit better at it or a lot better uh, at it. So, you know, sometimes it just takes an expert, somebody from the outside looking in who can provide some, some tips and some practical tools, world changers. So I'm hoping that we just continue to become better together, that we continue to just work together to make our sugars world a little bit better as Christmas comes up and we're about to tool them up in a different way with different gifts and different things like that. Remember, gifts don't always have to be a tangible thing. Sometimes the best gift that we can give our sugar is ourselves, our undivided attention, our undivided time, our uninterrupted time, because we're their biggest asset. And I don't ever want you to forget that world changer. Like with everything that's going on in the world around us, it doesn't matter. As long as they have a healthy, happy you, they're winning. That's better than any video game. That's better than any toy. That's better than anything that you could ever give them is you. You're their biggest asset. I don't want you guys to ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Because at the end of the day, you guys are who you have. You guys got each other and they're part of you. And that's so special. There's something so special in that. And what you impart is going to last generations beyond you. As always, world changers, it was a pleasure hanging out with you. I'm still crying on the inside that this is our last episode of the year. But it's gonna be okay, y'all. You know, we've we've learned in 2020 how to recalibrate. We've learned how to recognize what counts and, and we've learned that no matter what comes our way, we can still stand up and keep moving forward. We can keep pushing the progress, y'all. If you haven't done so, catch up on past episodes, send in your questions, and most important, join our community. What are you waiting on, y'all? Let's continue to connect, grow, and learn. So until the next time, world changers, Merry Christmas and take care. <laughs>